Hello, folks. Welcome back to the RLS podcast. Um, we're on episode 80, 85. Um, it is November the 8th, and it is a Wednesday. And holy fuck, it's November the 8th. That's all I've got to say. I feel like I'm about 50 years old saying that the year has went so fast. Every week goes so fast. My life is literally just... Every day is passing by, like... I don't know, I just... The time... The, the movement of time is just crazy. Like I feel like the year has just flown by. Um, <clears throat> and we're pretty much in winter now. It's miserable outside. It's cold. It's dark. It's like it's just a bit shitty, isn't it? Um, and you have conversations at this time of the year with any human being that you meet, and it's ah, it's cold outside. Like such a Scottish thing. Ah, it's cold outside. That's ah, ah, it's getting darker at nights now, isn't it? It's like it's, we've just got this weird like habit of just stating the absolute obvious about the weather like I never found that when I was in Australia or like when I was like you go to any other country nobody really makes small talk about the weather it is just a strange thing that like British people do um like everyone can everyone does it but I just sometimes I say something I'm like why the f- what what was even the point in that it's just like the the kind of most boring small talk ever ever and I think like winter is this again this this thing that comes around every single year if you live in Scotland every single year it's exactly the same the clocks change and we complain about the same things like we're again an absolute population of complainers and uh, it's like I don't know why we're shocked every year when it, the same weather comes back every year and it gets dark every year and we seem to be shocked and miserable every single year about it and um, seasonal depression kicks in which is a thing it's a natural thing um, and we just get a little bit down at this time, especially right now. Like December, you get that Christmas buzz, but like October, November um, can be a little bit of a downer. And a lot of people will down tools, get a little bit bored. Um, life will just be a kind of drag. And there's not, I don't know, I'd like, to, I'm actually not a statistic that I, that I looked up, but I'd like to see the kind of statistics on mental health, depression and like just generally like how people feel around this time of the year because I feel as though it's definitely the hardest time of the year like October November as a as a whole I think it's the most difficult time of the year so I do this podcast every single year and I've kind of had a different take on it every single year um I think when I initially first started it I was kind of just giving out like generic advice about how to kind of like cope with winter and I don't really think I think it was helpful like I think it was helpful and I will touch on some of these generic things but I also think that it's also maybe not that helpful um, for everyone. So I kind of have looked at the either two sides of the extreme here uh, when it comes to this time of the year and trying to just like offer an opinion on like how you would be able to approach staying more motivated during this time of the year and how you're able to actually go and fucking tackle your training, tackle your nutrition and really kick on at this time of the year because as I said, it's not easy and the environment is definitely against you. The mood of the world around you is, is against you. So the title of this podcast is to get wintered, which is a pretty cheesy kind of um, way to put it. Now, getting wintered, what does that even mean? So, but first of all, I get to do this thing for the first time. Um, where is it actually? Oh, that's great. I've lost it. Um, so it's our sponsor. We've actually got a sponsor now. Now, I've not got any cheesy little thing that I just insert it into here. Um, it's more a case of actually just talking about it. I'll say something different every week. So it's not one of the, you know, one of these fucking really boring sponsorship ads where it's like, um, 
we are sponsored by yada, 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 and it's just a spiel that they rattle off and everyone skips it on a podcast. So um, our sponsor is Colin M. Smith's, which is an independent home appliance and electricals company that has been serving customers across Dundee and Angus for over 50 years. Definitely read Alpha script, Brian, though, didn't you? Yes, you did. Um, it's They have stores in Forfar Arbroath, Kerry and Dundee, and they are punting TVs, dishwashers, freezers, ovens, washing machines, small appliances, and loads more. Um, so if you're if you're needing a new TV, a new dishwasher, freezer, whatever it is, don't go to Curry's. Don't be a dick. Like go to your local branch and get the same prices you would get in Curry's, if not maybe even cheaper. And go in and meet the lovely, um, enthusiastic salesman that works in there. Um, you won't find him in every shop every day. He's not got a clone, but Johnny Smith will be in there. Is there any other better reason to go and buy a TV from a local um, from a local place? Because you get the bonus of seeing Johnny Smith when you walk in there. I got my TV there, um, and any sort of like small appliances that I need um, for the for the place for the place for the gaff. Um, that's where I go. So Colin M Smith. You won't be able to miss it. It's on the High Street in Forfar. It's on Castle Street in Forfar. Um, I'm not entirely sure on the location in Arbroath and, and Kerry Muir, but you'll, you, if you know, you'll know. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, that's our sponsor for the whole next 12 months. So, yeah, stating some obvious facts about winter. It's colder, darker, and long, like longer in the sense of longer periods of darkness. And little statistics for you. 2008, there was a study that showed that UK adults exhibit higher step counts in the summer compared to the winter months. There's 2,000 less steps on average in the winter in male and females. And another interesting statistic, if you want to make sure that you are continuing your activity levels over the winter, buy a dog. Apparently, this is a, this is a stat. Does dog ownership influence seasonal patterns of neighbourhood-based walking among adults? A longitudinal study. It helps you maintain these levels of activity over winter. So you don't do 2,000 steps less. You actually do the same because your dog needs walked regardless of the weather. Interesting. Um, and i got to make a couple of couple of points here that you actually, during this time of the year, you have a license to slow down. Like you, Nobody needs to tell you to fucking like, m- like get up and just keep going. You need to stay motivated. You need to, need to keep working. You need to keep doing stuff. Every single year, I will be a little bit more sedentary. Like I will be a little bit, not lazier, but I will spend more time in the house at night. I won't be out going out for extra walks and stuff like that at night when it's dark. I just typically don't do it. I'll do most of my activity during the day so that I don't need to. In the summer, I'm more than likely to go out for more walks in the morning because again, it's sunny. Not many people like walking about in the pitch black on their own unless they have a dog. Like those are the people you'll see out in the morning. Serial killers and dog walkers. Um, but you typically don't see anyone unless it's me. I've actually had someone someone said to me the other day, uh, oh, their their mate from wherever it was, he was like, said he's seen you walking about Forfar, and he was like, he says he always sees you just walk just walking about Forfar on your own. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's probably me listening to a podcast walking around Forfar on my own. Um, but I'm not that bothered about that. I think that's a, that's a fine observation. It shows that I do a lot of a lot of walking about and movement. Anyway. Um, not the point. The point is that at this time of the year, you do have a license. You have a license to slow down. Don't let anyone tell you that you can't slow down a little bit. Um, as I said, I'm in my bed for fucking almost eight o'clock every single night unless I've got football. And I actually hate being out late at night on a on a dark night. And if I'm being honest, not particularly like the cold. When football training is like football training over like November, December, January, 
it's just harder to get motivated from because I'm like, I fucking hate being out at this time. Like, even if it's just nine o'clock, I'd rather be in my bed. Um, and that's one side of it. But also, on the flip side, if you're listening to this podcast, there's a good, good chance that you're someone that wants to make sure you pull the finger out over winter and you don't want to put on heaps of weight and you don't want to get unfit and you don't want to be a lazy bastard and you don't want to just, well, I mean, I don't think anyone doesn't want to eat lots of chocolate and stuff like that, but you don't want to make that mean that you feel like a bag of shit by the time January comes around. You are probably going to be someone that wants to actually get the head down and keep working. And you want to find that motivation over winter because you know that every year it just dips and it dips too much for you. Yeah, it can dip, but you don't want it to dip too much. And you don't want to become this like seasonal little hedgehog that hibernates during the winter and only comes out for the summer and only goes to the gym during the summer because you're then just stuck in this constant cycle of improvement, decline, improvement, decline. And there's no st- sustainability there. Um, and <clears throat> there's a little kind of phrase that's been kind of uh, tagged by a few people I know in the fitness industry. And it's this little phrase of separation season. And I've kind of nicked it because I like it. I like, I like what it stands for. And what it basically stands for is that from the month of, I would say, September, end of September, October, November, December, January, February, and then maybe maybe just into March. I like to call this separation season because it accounts for one, two, three, four, five, six months of the year. And typically in Scotland, these are the months that are harder to get going with. They're a little bit miserable, a little bit dark, a little bit cold, a little bit rainy, a little bit snowy. And yeah, it's, it's not that fun. Like a lot of it is not that fun, but The reason I call it separation season is because this is the time of the year when people who take their fitness and their health seriously, they don't slow down. They actually fucking put the foot down and they realize that if I'm only like working hard between April, May, June, July, August, maybe September, that's the only time when I'm actually working out, I'm actually going out on my runs, I'm actually doing anything. Then, as I said, you just become this little hibernating hedgehog who just becomes unhealthy, overweight, just feel shit in themselves mentally and physically over these months. And a lot of people do suffer with this. Um, They feel generally shit around about these months because they just down tools and they allow the environment around them to like affect them and they, they allow it to kind of hold them back, which, yeah, don't get me wrong. I've been in that position many a time before, but I kind of put a, I put a stance up a couple of years back or maybe even three years back where I'm like, fuck that. Like what actually changes? Like the world around us changes, the way that people think change, the weather changes, but there's nothing inherently different about me. Like, why should I just stop doing the things that I know make me feel good? They uphold my mental health. I know for a fact of right now, I stopped training. I stopped going to the gym. I stopped eating well. I started being lazier. I started moving less. I, my mental health would fucking take an absolute dip. It really would. Um, so I know for a fact that continuing my training helps me. I know not everyone's me and I know not everyone just gets the same kind of kick out of that. But as I said, if you're listening to this, there's probably a good chance you're in that same boat. So what does like, what does get wintered mean now? There's a, this is a phrase coined by, I think it was Ross Edgley. So Ross Edgley is a guy who swam around the whole um, outskirt of the UK. He started off and I think it was like Devon or something like that. And he swam up past Scotland, right around the top and run the other side and then ended up back in Devon. I'm pretty sure it was Devon he started off with. That's fucking madness. Um, And his kind of idea was that 
he needed to get wintered to be able to do this. Now, like I'll explain this concept in the way that a few people have. So, and I'm just reading this off of things. So every year people train in the summer, but they tend to let themselves off in the winter when it's cold, wet and dark. And this comes from an ancient like Greek Stoic philosopher, Epictetus. I think I pronounced that right. Um, he advocated the need for preparing in hard and brutal conditions to be ready for the wars that were traditionally fought in the spring. Um, his belief was that essentially we must undergo a hard winter training and not rush into things that we aren't prepared for. So this it's kind of like a a theory that's been around for years and years and years and years that like prepare yourself for match day, prepare yourself for the event by preparing in even harder and more brutal conditions than the than those that you're going to like train in. That's essentially like the the premise of all training for for an event like in training for an Olympic marathon runner, they will be doing some like really hard training sessions, training sessions. They'll go up and they'll go to the mountains in Kenya. They will go and train in the, the rain and the wind so that when they turn up on June the 1st, for example, in fucking Rio de Janeiro, that, oh, this is actually, I'm well prepared. I've fucking been through worse than this. So nothing that happens on the day can shock them. Um, it's also kind of a concept that's like Muhammad Ali actually had the same belief. Um, I think the quote was, the fight is won or lost far away from the witnesses behind the lines in the gym or out there on the road long before I dance under those lights. And everyone knows that anyone that knows anything about Muhammad Ali is like, get away with words. Like he was, he kind of spoken riddles sometimes. Um, sting like a butterfly. That whole kind of sting like a butterfly. You, you know what I was trying to say there? And um, not sting like a butterfly. Butterflies don't have stingers, Ryan. Idiot. Um, but yeah, in other words, like the harder the preparation, the tougher the training, the more difficult the conditions, the greater benefits that will come when facing a challenge. In other words, other words, hardship helps forge heroism. Again, these are all quotes from Edgley um, and Muhammad Ali. Uh, which, well, actually, no, that quote is from uh, Epictetus, the Greek Greek philosopher. I'm getting into Greek philosophy now. I'm really becoming a bit of a dick, honestly. Becoming. Um, so a couple of statistics around winter. A fifth of adults see their exercise levels drop off as much as 37% during the winter months, a survey claims. Um, a survey, I've actually got the quote there, but I won't bore you with quotes and stuff like that, of um, the actual dates and stuff like that. Another one is a poll of 2,000 adults revealed that an exercise, they exercise an average of four times a week during the summer, but this decreases during the colder months with 31% less active than than at any other time of the year. Another quote is nearly three quarters, 72% of those put the drop in activity down to colder temperatures with 57% put off by the dark mornings and evenings. Um, others admitted that they find it more difficult to get out of bed in the winter, 49%, and are worried about the safety when exercising alone in the dark, 27%. And 24% believe that just like they have less energy, therefore they, won't, they don't work out. There's obviously like a little bit of a, <clears throat> a difficult one there when it's like exercising alone in the dark is, is a hard one as well because I know not a lot of people like that especially if you're living in like big cities and things like that if you've not got the availability of getting to the gym and stuff like that and your main method of exercising is running it can be quite hard <clears throat> but a gym membership and a treadmill would be definitely the way forward with that um so yeah it's clear to see that the general population drop off at this time of the year and it is because of the cold it's because of the dark it's because of their energy um, and it's because of um yeah that's pretty much it cold dark and, and their general energy so my mission throughout this podcast is to help you come up with solutions to that and um, because there are solutions um so the main problems that i picked out 
um, generally, like the ones in my head are the cold, the rain, the darkness, the ones that we just spoke about there, the comfort. So this is like almost on the flip side. It's the actual comfort of these months. So it's actually the, the good thing about this month can sometimes be the downfall to your fitness. Um, societal trends, um, the fact that you've not got a summer holiday, um, the fact that like for athletes, for footballers and that is like the games being off, like whether calling games off can be a real fucking annoyance. And the the food, the drink, the socials, the events, these are the issues, the main issues that I see. So moving forwards, we're going to try and highlight how you would help with this. So I kind of do this in like a, this is almost like a, a morning routine type thing. Um, and this is like, I'm going to, I'm going to the extreme end of the scale right now. So I'm going to the perfectionism, like this is the most optimal thing that I could possibly think you could do first thing in the morning. And then what I want you to do is I want you to work back the way. So I want you to think, right, okay, what's practical for me? What can I actually do? How much time have I got? And can I even pick like four of these, four of these little things to include within my morning routine? And this for me is the part that fixes the, not fixes, but this is the part that helps the energy and the motivation early in the morning. Because typically during the winter, lack of energy and motivation, yes, can come from waking up and it's pitch black, but can also come more so from a lack of energy during this time of the year. And what that comes from is your circadian rhythm being upset, aka your sleep pattern being a little bit shit, more bright lights, more screens, more phones, um, and like more kind of like nutrition not being on point. And that can affect energy um, dramatically. Like I know a lot of my clients who have a lot of this stuff on point. They still, they wake up at this in the morning and they still feel the same as everyone else. It's like, oh God, it's dark. I'm less, slightly less motivated to get up this morning, but they've got things in place which make it easier. And the way that I frame it is like reduce friction. It's almost like when you wake up in the morning, you've got a big fucking bit of Velcro attached to your back. And the other bit of Velcro was attached to your bed. And that bit of Velcro gets stickier and stickier with the more friction that you've got in your life. The more friction that you've got between waking up in the morning on that first alarm to actually completing the first task of the day. Reduce the Velcro that's attached to your back. And I'm going to explain how I would do that and how I am doing it right now and how a lot of my clients are doing this. So it's a pretty simple system. So start from the very start and the very start is before you go to sleep. So this is this is talking about waking up in the morning. So consistent sleep times so that your body gets into a good circadian rhythm. Now, why is this so important right now? It's even more important because of the lack of sunlight. So your body works off of a natural rhythm with sunlight as it comes up in the sky and as it goes down. If you, in the summer, we're getting sunlight, like seven, eight, nine o'clock, um, your body then understands that, okay, we kind of your body kind of then knows what time it is. It kind of has a really good idea. Hence why you typically, when you don't set an alarm, you would usually wake up around about the same time. Like when you go out for a bevy on a Saturday night and you you don't set your alarm, but you're up with the crack of dawn. Um, so basically what happens is without that light, your body gets a little bit confused and it's like, it's not really sure what circadian rhythm to get into. So it's even more confusing for it when you don't give it consistent sleep times because it's like, I'm not really sure when to be tired and I'm not really sure when to wake up. So having the same sleep time within around about, I'm going to say strictly half an hour, but definitely within an hour every single night is going to be massively helpful. Side note, if you've got kids, this is fucked. So yeah, 
anyway. Um, second thing is reduce friction in the morning by preparing the night before. If you're going to the gym, if you're going to work the night before, I can, you've heard this generic shit over and over again. Like have your gym clothes ready, have your lunch ready, make sure you're prepared, know what your keys are, have your clothes set out. Just don't be rushing about in the morning like an absolute like lunatic like make sure you know exactly where you need to be and make sure you kind of understand what's got to happen the next morning that seriously helps if you wake up in the morning you don't even know where your gym trainers are sometimes that can be enough for your brain to go ah fuck it back to sleep have it set and ready out um another good thing that really helps circadian rhythm is like a lamp like a lamp alarm clock so i haven't used it this year because i've been getting up fine like it's been easy enough but a Lumi lamp and plus Ellie fucking hated it when I had it on. It was lighting up the whole room. That's the only kind of problem with this thing is that like, if you've got a partner that wakes up at a different time, they probably don't appreciate the light, the, the room looking like fucking Lapland when you wake up in the morning. Um, so a Lumi lamp is really helpful. It just essentially gradually wake, like lights up the room and wakes you up in the morning um, without any sound, which is a nicer way to wake up. Trust me, it's, it's, it's quite an enjoyable way to wake up. Not that there's many enjoyable ways to wake up. I think all of us would really like an extra hour in our bed, if we're being honest. Um, there's not many people I know that are like, I really hated that extra hour in my bed. That was annoying. Um, so yeah, that'll help kind of create that natural circadian rhythm um, with your body seeing sunlight first thing in the morning. Um, another thing is like, and this is just a kind of like a side note, something I've been trying lately is that like I've been looking a little bit more into it, is nasal breathing while you sleep. If you're someone that you, if you know you're a mouth breather or you know that you snore, um, do something about that as much as, like, as quickly as you can because mouth breathing is something that actually disrupts your deep sleep. It would be interesting to put my kind of like whoop sleep tracker on if, like, people I know that snore um, because your deep sleep would, wouldn't be as good. Like, it's just, it's factual. So, there's a couple of things you can do about this. Um, Again, it's not like a overnight fix, but the nasal strips you put across your nose, um, which open up your airwaves, that will help you breathe through your nose that little bit better. There's actually a really fucking wacky trend going around just now, and it's not actually that wacky. It's got a lot of science to back it. So a lot of people are using, and Erlen Haaland actually talked about this in a podcast episode. It's actually with KSI and Logan Paul, which, yeah, you take that with a pinch of salt, certainly. Certainly not a science-based um, podcast, but a lot of the kind of science-based community have backed this as well. It's actually like a mouth a mouth um it's almost like a sticker you literally put it across your mouth so that you can't breathe out your mouth make sure you can breathe out your nose before you do this but this will really benefit the nasal breathing that you go through um you take in more oxygen through your nose when you breathe um so i would really i would give this a bash if you snore um or you can just go straight to miss the middle man i'm just go for a straight for a cpap machine which essentially i think that assists you breathing it's essentially what you would like an oxygen mask um so yeah, no phone screens for the last 30 minutes before you go to bed and the first 30 minutes. I would argue even an hour. Do I do this right now? Nope. Um, I'm going to be honest, I don't. Um, should I do it? Yes. Every time I do do it, I sleep better. There's no doubt about it. No phone screens in your eyeballs. At least, at the very least, put on the the kind of the, the night mode. Um, or there's another thing you can put on your screen. Oh, I can't remember how to get to it on settings, but if anyone wants to know, ask me on Instagram after and I'll tell you. Um, I've literally turned down the turned down the blue lights on my phone. You can do it within the settings and it's not putting as much blue light on your in your eyes. Another thing as well that's 
can be a real thing that holds people back in the mornings. Like, being fucking cold in the morning, like, see if your house is freezing. Like, yeah, it's less appealing to get up. Now, I know heating and stuff like that costs money, but if you can put your heater on a timer, if you've got one of these kind of, like, smart meter things, like, put, put it on a timer and give yourself a little kind of blast of heat for 20 minutes before you wake up in the morning. Trust me, it's easier to get up. Um, hydrating first thing in the morning as well, not just going for a coffee, Drink a heap of water. Why would you want to drink a heap of water? Why is that going to be helpful? Well, yeah, one for the function of actually like your body. But thermoregulation is essentially the function of your body to cool down and to heat itself up, to to sweat and to shiver. And um, if we are not hydrated sufficiently, thermoregulation does not happen as well. Now, in both ways that I just spoke about, they're like heating you up and cooling you down. So if you want to heat yourself up, make sure you're hydrated. Um, if you're dehydrated your body will not thermoregulate as well next thing this is number seven um fast for 90 minutes in the morning so fast with food and fast with um without coffee no coffee no coffee no food for the first 90 minutes of you waking up if it's practical <clears throat> and the reason that i say this is because your body well first of all i'm not going to dive into the coffee thing and the caffeine thing because i've spoke about it a million times on podcasts if you want to know then i'll i'll tell you um individually but essentially just drinking coffee first thing in the morning could end up with a crash layer in the afternoon so water or some sort of like green tea peppermint tea first thing in the morning is going to be a really useful thing to do um fasting with food as well will allow your body to a little bit of extra time for digestion and what it also does is it creates this kind of this focus that sometimes can be taken away by food and especially if you're someone that goes and just eats two bits of toast or just a bowl of cereal just car pure carbohydrates first thing in the morning what happens is you get a little spike of insulin you get a little spike of um of your blood sugars and then you drop again pretty quickly um so but also the body's got this kind of innate function that when it's a little bit hungry, it's a little bit more like on edge. It's a little bit more focused. And you can actually just like knock that cortisol up a little bit. Now, this is it sounds like a bad thing, knocking stress up a little bit, but it's actually quite helpful and it can keep you more awake. So if you eat a big bowl of carbohydrates before you jump in your car to drive to work, you're probably going to feel even more tired than what you would have um, had you had nothing. So leaving that breakfast for about 90 minutes before you then, like having that breakfast and coffee, later on just a little bit later on can be really helpful as well and um, again if you've got the time exercising or walking first thing in the morning is going to be really helpful if you can get to the gym and get that battered out first thing you don't have to worry about it later on at night when you're maybe going to be tired and demotivated um <clears throat> supplement wise getting a bit of vitamin d3 in like vitamin d3 is something that's going to i think the where is it again i've got the stat somewhere um, can't really find it. Um, yeah, but there's yeah. So sorry, one in five, um, one in five people within the UK are deficient in vitamin D three during the winter because there's not enough sun. Uh, vitamin D three, well, vitamin D comes from the sun, um, so we don't get enough of that during the winter. So supplement vitamin D three, um, non negotiable. Um, and I chucked in an extra one at the end here, like soup and stuff like that, like vegetable soup. Now this is a bit of a random one to chuck in there, but like getting you're going to be less inclined to want to eat salads and stuff like this. A lot of people are less inclined to want to eat salads during the winter because it's just not that appealing. Um, therefore, their vegetable intake might come down. Get some veg soup solid. If your gran or your mum make it, she definitely will. Just ask her. Go and make me some vegetable soup. Or just make it yourself. It's pretty simple. 
you need a blender, you need some vegetables. That's pretty much it. Um, I mean, to be fair, I'd probably have to go, like, I know how to make soup. Like, it's pretty simple, but I'd probably have to Google a good recipe. Um, but yeah, that's going to really help you get the veg in um, help you get those nutrients in. But also, it's going to help you feel good um, through the winter. So that's me constructing the perfect winter morning. Do you have the ability to probably do every single one of those things? Maybe, but maybe not. So maybe just pick pick half of those things and just try to make sure you add them to your morning routine. And I guarantee over time, it will become easier to get up in the morning. It will become easier to build your energy up for this for this winter's day. You're looking out, it's pissing with rain, it's dark. You will feel better going into that day if you follow this structure or a similar structure. Um, and sometimes a lot of this stuff is hard because it's, it is kind of about willpower and willpower is a hard thing to coach. It's a hard thing to just like, I can't give you a bit of advice right now that's going to improve your willpower. I can say a few things and they might go, you might be motivated for a day, but to change willpower is a case of reprogramming the story in your head. It's reprogramming what you think about this time of the year. And for me, what I tried to do when I initially started thinking about this was I tried to stop saying things that played into this story. I stopped trying to like complain about the cold, complain about the weather, com stop. I stopped complaining about, oh, I can't wait for my summer holiday next year. I can't wait for summer. I'm like, it's November, Ryan. Fucking shut up. Like, you've got a few months of this, so you best stop complaining. Um, I had to reprogram the story that this time of the year was just all about getting pissed. It was all about being lazy. It was all about early nights. It was all about just less, well, just less movement and stuff like that. It was all about just eating fucking limps and stuff like that. I'm actually, as I say that, I'm looking at the advent calendar. Ellie got me. And I, if anyone has tried, what do you call it? It's called Charbonnel. L what is it? Walker or L Walker? I think it's a French brand. And the chocolates in there are honestly unbelievable. And I've got 25 of them to get through over December. And I'm okay with that. Like, I'm, I'm going to, I'm probably going to go, I'm going to eat every single one of them and I'm okay with that. Will that account for probably an extra 100 calories every single day for 25 days? Yes, it will. Um, but I'm willing to make that sacrifice. I'm willing to maybe just pull a little bit of pasta off my plate from a dinner just for that. To be fair, I'll probably still eat the pasta as well, if I'm being honest. Um, but anyway, you need to program the story. Program the story about what this time of year is about. And that doesn't mean you enjoy any of this. That just means you you, you feel good over the whole year. Um, now, here's the next thing, the next step of reprogramming that structure. And I kind of spoke about this at the start. Um, getting up at half five fucking sucks. Getting up early, going to the gym, when it's cold, it's dark, it's freezing, is not any easier during the winter. I can tell you that right now. Even getting up from my PT sessions isn't any easier during the winter. When the clocks change and when it gets sunny again, um, I can't even remember when the clocks change again, but it's easier. There's no doubt about that. But but something that I do have a complaint about is like we can be a little bit soft and we hide away from doing hard shit. Now, this is kind of what Epictetus spoke about within that Greek philosophy and it was like do hard shit now to make things easier later down the line and I'm usually not one of these generic kind of fucking work harder personal trainers like I you will very ever rarely if if at all hear me just say to someone work harder I actually can't even remember ever having said it to someone it's just shit coaching work harder try harder yeah that's I didn't think of that one Ryan cheers like I just need to work harder but 
this is a conversation to have in your own head. Like, do you actually need to work hard? I say it to myself sometimes. I'm like, for example, like over the past like six months, I don't think I've worked hard enough in my gym sessions. And I don't know why that is, why that's for or why that's because. But just the past two weeks, I've just been, I've just been working a bit harder. And did I do anything differently? Did I take some data off my whoop? Did I look at my Apple Watch? Did I start taking a new supplement? No, I didn't. I just went fucking grow up, Ryan. Like start working a bit harder. Because you've been fucking, so I keep swearing. I've just gotten worse for swearing lately, um. But yeah, sometimes you do just need to work harder. And a couple of little bits as well, like a hard decision now is a great investment for the future. Like, what would you tomorrow tell you to do today? And something that I got a couple of people saying to me lately is like, when I'm in the gym at half five, or when they see some of my clients like in the gym at half five, it's actually quite funny. Like, I was in the gym the other day, and it was like four of four and then a fifth one came in half an hour later starting off at quarter past five and then I was PTing from six through to around about seven and five people that came into the gym were my clients now I'm not blowing smoke up my program's arse or I'm not blowing smoke up my arse but I was pretty proud of that because I was like these are people that are properly bought into fitness they're bought into making sure that they get shit done and I actually like this kind of thought process is become that person that you think's mad. You know, that guy that comes into the office and he's been at the gym at half five in the morning. You're like, oh, you're mad, mate. You're absolutely mad. Oh, you wouldn't catch me doing that. Why not? Like become that person that you think's mad, that's doing things that are against the grain. And um, as I said before, like unless you plan on moving to Australia or Spain anytime soon, you better get used to this weather because it happens every year. I'm not living the next 50 years of my life complaining about the thing that happens year after year after year after year. Don't get me wrong, I might actually move to Australia because I like the weather over there. It's pretty cool. Um, but I don't want to become that person that every single year complains about the thing that happens every single year. It's almost like, to be fair, global warming will probably give us 30 degrees in the next 10 years. So we'll be like living in a tropical climate. There'll be like fucking lemurs climbing around the climbing around the Reed Park and that. We'll just look completely new ecosystem. Um global warming will just totally melt the world but that's another thought um partly global warming is a is a myth as well um i read something about that the other day that was that was interesting i'm not entirely sure that's true but anyway um but yeah and this is the thing that motivates me not moving to australia or lemurs being in the reed park i honestly do not know where my thought processes go i didn't have anything about lemurs in the reed park written down on this um written down on this uh, presentation but yeah it's just somehow come into my head got a little bit of a strange brain sometimes and um, but yeah sorry the thing that motivates me is that I'm currently working hard right now to make sure that I've got comforts later down the line I'm investing in my health I'm investing in myself financially and I'm investing in my like like my physical health and I'm doing things that are hard now during the time of my life where I'm at my absolute peak physically like I'm 26 year old I don't think I'll ever be fitter than when I'm 26 7 8 9 I'd like to think I'll still be fit until 45 but I'll never be at the peak that I am at now so this is when I'm making the investment in my health I'm making the investment in figuring out what works for me I'm creating the habits creating the routine so that I know later down the line I'm gonna I'm gonna have that easier life if I want to but I don't think I'll ever really want an easy life. I don't think that's a helpful life. And um, another little quote, quote after quote after quote, is that hard men create easy times and weak men create hard times. Now, again, this is a little bit off the cuff, but 
I think it, it works in a way. Like if we become soft and we become a little bit kind of just like affected by the environment constantly, infected, infected, affected by the by the weather um, and just all these things that happen every single year, then yeah, we'll maybe become a little bit soft. Um, we'll maybe become a little bit kind of like, like I've got a couple of mates that scaffold through this time of the year and like I fucking take my hats off to them, honestly. Like it cannot be easy, but yeah, they become almost like bulletproof to the weather and bulletproof to any sort of hard situation after that because of like if I can scaffold in the fucking minus one when it's snowing, I can pretty much do almost anything. Like you become pretty quite a fucking gritty guy if you're able to do stuff like that. Um and here's an interesting one as well. Um, and I, I read this and I actually, I, yeah, you're going to understand what I mean now. So I, I watched a video, a guy Jocko Willick, who is a, I want to say he's an ex-Navy SEAL um, or an SAS recruit. I can't exactly remember. I've read his book as well. I can't remember. And he basically says something, it's this little quote and he goes, that is, uh, I can't remember how the actual phrase went, but he's like, anytime someone says something to him, and it's like they perceive it as to be bad. He's like, oh, we've got this problem in the office today. You're going to go and have this meeting with the big boss. He's like, good. Or he's like, oh, it's fucking pissing them with rain outside and you've got to go and run a marathon. He's like, good. It's like, anytime there is a perception that something could be bad, he's like, this is good because, yeah, it's going to be hard and I'm going to grow from this. I'm going to become that little bit more resilient anytime I get chucked a bad situation at myself. He basically just says, good. It's cold, good. It's raining, good. And I quite like that. You should watch it on, on YouTube. It's just type in Jocko, so J-O-C-K-O, and then just put good. Very motivational. Um, <clears throat> and then I started reading a little bit more into like Hell Week um, and the the SAS um, kind of tests that they do. Now, Hell Week is essentially this part where candidate, candidates, candidates, candidates participate in five and a half days of continuous training. Each candidate sleeps at most four hours during the entire week, runs more than 200 miles and does physical training for more than 20 hours per day. Um, it's essentially the idea to try and absolutely break these people. Like They are trying to break them. That's why it's called Hell Week. And the people that come through that, well, they come out stronger. They come out 10 times fucking more resilient and 10 times harder. Now, you don't need to go and do Hell Week and you don't have to kind of apply for the SAS. Um, I can't imagine there's many people that I know would really want to do that. But something like that like how can you not just go out and do something go, go and pick some really difficult things to do see the next time it's pissing down the rain go and fucking go for a run and actually just make something of yourself like go oh if i can do that then what else can i do and i started googling this and i was googling a little bit more and it said and i actually read this out physically and i was like wait a minute i need to check that again it said in general sas crooks tend to follow instructions really well they have a high they have high levels of discipline awareness and physical ability Whereas seals are easily distracted and tend to just want to chase fish, play with beach balls and bark a lot. This makes seals much harder to train. And I was like, what's the, I basically Googled what's the difference between SAS and Navy seals. And then I kept reading that and I was like, wait, I had to read that again. I was like, whereas seals are easily distracted and tend to want to just chase fish, play with beach balls and bark a lot. This makes the seals much harder to train. I was like, I was embarrassed at how long that took me to figure out that they were on about an actual seal line, like a sea line, like a seal that swims in the sea um yeah anyway i actually copy and pasted that onto the presentation and here's another thing the 12 month cycle of change and this is something that i've kind of coined myself but i'm sure someone else has done it before and it's a 12 month cycle of change 
So when I bring on a client at around about this time of the year, or even just before this time of the year, or even if someone works with me through, say, for example, June, July, August, September, and then they get to winter, and what they do is they smash through winter. They keep going, they stay consistent. And every time I say to someone, I was like, if you can get through winter, if you can get through November, December, January, February, everything's easy after that. I promise you, you will absolutely piss it going into next summer because you've gotten through the hard time. When it comes to the summer, your motivation will go through the roof. Like your willingness to want to train during next summer will be absolutely through the roof and you will be flying. And anytime someone gets through that November, December, January, February, those really hard months, consistency is just imprinted within them. If you can get through this four months consistently, keeping your standards high, getting the results that you want to get, you have almost complete fitness. And I say that because summer then becomes easier. And then next winter, you know exactly what to do. And if you can get through a full 12-month cycle of training through winter and summer, that's it. Like you, I'm not saying that's it. And like I've known plenty of people to fall off after that. And it doesn't always work like that. But trust me, if you get through winter with consistency, the next summer becomes easier. And then before you know it, you've been consistent for seven, eight months. And then you get to next winter and it's like, well, I've been consistent for seven, eight months. Nothing's stopping me now. And I know how to approach this winter. So you can really grind through winter and really, really smash through it. And you're, you're onto a winner. <clears throat> and then, yeah, the final little part of this is I've got a, I've got a freebie to offer. And it's called the Kill It Over Christmas Guide, which kind of refers to a lot of stuff that I've spoke, spoke about within this, um, this podcast. And a lot of the kind of ideas and a lot of kind of little kind of stats and things like that. Um, and a couple of little strategies that I'm going to give away for free. So if you want it, and if you've listened to this point, then please just drop me a message on Instagram and just send me a little Santa emoji or something like that. And I'll send you directly over the kill it, the kill it over Christmas guide with, I don't have to say anything else. I'll just send you directly that over. Um, but yeah, once again, hope you've enjoyed the podcast and hope this helps you approach winter with a slightly more upbeat um kind of resilient mindset and um yeah look you can get through winter if you want to stay consistent over winter you can do it it's just a case of reprogramming that story about what you believe is true over winter is this a time where i actually start downing tools and just become lazy and just drink every second day or is this a time where you know what i can still enjoy those things but i'm still going to get the head down i'm still going to keep training i'm not going to stop training because i'm not going to let the world around me affect my decisions of what makes me happy and what and this is not about me and it's not about my clients this is about what you want and you're listening to this podcast probably because you haven't done that before and you want to do it this year so there might be a very niche amount of people listening to this podcast i may only get 10 listens to this one but hopefully if you've listened to this you take something away from it and you get the head down and you work hard and you make it happen Ryan can't find the exit button. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please share um, on your story or drop me a message if you enjoyed it um, or even drop me a message if you hated it and you want to punch me in the face.